we, we declare every time that more people would come to know who Jesus is and that they would carry kingdom revelation. Not just that they would be born again, but that they would carry the kingdom of heaven inside of them. And we've been on this series on mission. I am excited to say that as we are launching out into this on mission series, lots of things are going to happen. So be aware. I spoke with somebody this week sitting in a coffee shop and he came over and was talking to somebody else sitting at my table. And he told me the story about how his great grandparents were Amish preachers, and they went to a meeting in 1920 in Canton, Ohio, and they were born again at an Amy Semple McPherson rally, and their life was transformed, and generation, then generation, are now transformed, and his, his children's generation is transformed because Amy was on mission. Sister Amy was on mission. She wasn't letting that not any woman, there was no woman evangelist to travel the country. No, she had the kingdom of God inside of her and she was going to let it out and she was going to take care of it. She was going to do what God said and she showed up in Canton, she showed up down here, showed up all over the place and did what God said in that hour and the kingdom of God was released and we see generational change because of her obedience. Now God has called each one of us to a mission. God's called the church to a mission, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones that are here to legislate the kingdom of heaven on the earth. He has said, I have given you a mission. You're not there solely on your own because it's not the great mission. It's a great commission that this is a co-laboring with the Holy Spirit to do something. We're not excited about that. So, so if, if you're looking at the mission to go change the world as something that you have to do on your own, you might as well go back to your bed this morning, pack it in because it ain't happening. You need something more than just what you've got. You need something more than what you can muster up on your best day. You need something more than what you can get from just reading your Bible and doing all. You need the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen in the house? Because so many people are ineffective in the kingdom of God because they aren't working with the partner. They're ineffective in the kingdom of God because they're doing it on their own. And we want to see the church that's actually legislating the kingdom. We aren't, we aren't going to see it on our own. We're not going to see it just because we figure we can do something new today. He tells us that in Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. He told us where to go. He told us where we're supposed to go. He didn't say just go into your church four walls and preach the gospel. He said go to the nations, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think it's very interesting that he never said to stop. Sometimes we get all caught up in, oh my word, the world is so crazy, I paused for a minute. He didn't say there was no pause button, there was no stop button, there was only a play button. And when he said to go do this, he didn't say you were going to go do it alone, he said you were going to go do it with a helper. And he told us what to do. He told us to preach the gospel and make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner under discipline. We've got a lot of learners. We've got a lot of learners, the people that read and learn. That's great. But if you're not disciplined, you aren't going to be effective in what you're called to do. So he said, go make disciples. Go make learners under discipline in what I'm teaching you out of the kingdom of God. Don't do it on your own. I'm going to send you a helper. Go do it. But please don't stop. Please don't stop. It doesn't matter what the political climate is. It doesn't matter what your physical state is. It doesn't matter what COVID is saying. It doesn't matter what the numbers in the county are saying. Don't stop. You're supposed to be teachers. And the nations are supposed to be your students. Disciples. We have the most awesome thing called technology now. It can be used for nefarious things. Yeah, I understand. But it can be used for great things. The nations are our students. What God is speaking in Dover, Ohio reaches all around the world today because of the great gift of technology. Now we've been talking about this mission. That verse, I know you've heard it over and over and over. Some of you have been born again and walking with the Lord for 50 years. Great, got it, good. My question is, are you effective at co-laboring with the Holy Spirit to see change in your family? 
Are you effective at co-laboring with the Holy Spirit to see change in your church, in your job? Are you walking with the Holy Spirit and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit come out of you in everyday life? We, just this week, I received a phone call about one of these dream cards. And one of these dream cards was to fully fund a college tuition and have it taken care of and then more stuff happen after that. And I'm here to tell you that that dream did not come because this person worked really hard. That dream did not get realized because they put it on the dream board and they just walked away and didn't do anything with it. This came about, this dream was fulfilled because there were people like you that were co-laboring with the Holy Spirit Asking the Lord how to pray, what to pray, all those things. And there were other obedient people that bring a $5,000 check and hand it to the person. Why do we doubt what the Holy Spirit wants to do? He put all these in your heart. Joel tells us that he will give you dreams and visions. He will give you things that you're supposed to accomplish. He gives us dreams in our heart. And then he gives us gifts the gifts of the Spirit to help us accomplish those dreams. But they're all pointing to the destiny that God has for you. You'll have hundreds of dreams that need to come true to get you to your destiny. And if you try to accomplish some of these, I mean, I'm reading some of these. There's one here that's two pages. It's front and back. I mean, I'm reading some of these dreams every single week and praying over them. The only way they happen is to co-labor with the Holy Spirit. So we can look at the world around us. We can see all the devastation. We can see all the craziness. The only way it changes is to partner with the Holy Spirit. The most important person on the planet today is not the President of the United States. It's not the President's attorneys, as some people may think. It's none of that. The most, most awesome, most important person on the earth today is the Holy Spirit. He is the most important person today. And if you haven't talked to him in a while, if you haven't engaged with him in a while, then today's the day. Today's the day to receive everything that he is and drop everything that you are. He is the one that God sent to do the work that the Father commissioned in the beginning. He sent the Holy Spirit here to do that. Now, what, let's go back to Genesis. I love, we should just have a series, back to Genesis, because I teach on it all the time. That'll be a subtitle to all the messages, because Genesis lays the foundation of who we really are and what we lost. But when he came, when he breathed into Adam, the spirit was in him. When Adam sinned, the spirit had to go because it couldn't abide in man anymore because man was sinful. And then Jesus comes back. Jesus comes and and the Holy Spirit comes back. Now, I want to I talk to you this morning about how are we empowered to be on mission in a crazy world? How are we empowered to be on mission in a crazy world? It's not because you've got accountability partners in physical people. It's not because you're doing all the religious functions that you say you need to do every week. It's not because of any of that. It's because of the Holy Spirit. That's where our power comes from. The Old Testament was a revealing of the father we see the father's heart all throughout the old testament as he pursued the children of israel he went after them every single time that they backed up every single time that they messed up every single time now there were times that he really was like man had to really intervene to convince the lord to do that but obviously we see his heart in the old testament for the people of israel the new testament was to reveal the son to reveal the word, it says, the, John 1, the word became flesh. We know the New Testament is all about the son and revealing the son. Now, I think it's very interesting that, that the year of the Lord was talking about Jesus coming to the earth. In the year of the Lord, Jesus will come and transform the earth. That means that the year of the Lord is 33 and a half years. Because that's when he was here. The whole 33 and a half years is the year of the Lord. Then what happened? When Jesus died, it, there was a new age, a new thing came to be, and that is that the Holy Spirit was released back into the world. And when he was released back into the world, we see a new dispensation that is all about the revealing of the Holy Spirit. So there are people on the planet right now that are hung up learning about the Father. And that's, that's their deal. 
There are people that are stuck right just learning about Jesus. But what I want to tell you today is you can read that and read that and study that and study that and you can change your life. But you know what? You can't change the world unless you embrace the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in the revelation of who he is and how he came to be. The Father sent the Son. The Son revealed and sent the Holy Spirit. Let's embrace what Jesus did. Now I'm going to go on a journey with you in scripture. There's lots of scriptures. Write them down because I'm not going to be able to read all of them. But I'm going to go on this journey. And I believe that learners under discipline can take notes. And they can go back and research this. Because if you expect the hour and a half that we're here together to change your life, you're completely mistaken. Because there's, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute, sorry. I'm getting way too, way too far ahead. Let's read how Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to John 16. We're going to read 5 through 16. We're going to stop along the way and do some commentary. But but now I go away to him who sent me. He's going back to the Father. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's to our advantage that Jesus left. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Thank you, Jesus. And when he has come, he will convict you of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. Because they do not believe me of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. He will not speak of his own. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Read the next few words. It says, he will glorify me. The Holy Spirit is here to point to Jesus so that when the Holy Spirit is released on the earth through you, when the Holy Spirit is released on the earth through you, that it will glorify Jesus. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit on the earth today empowering you is that people know Jesus is still alive today. And yet we have this complex about what what are people going to say about me? What are people going to think? We have this discussion all the time in our house about the Enneagram and, and personality profiles and how it works. And we can't get caught up in all that, although sometimes we do, but you can't get caught up in all that because there are some personalities that worry so much more about what other people think of them than about what God says about them. You can get hung up on what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people think of you. It doesn't matter what Amy thought other people thought of her. It's what God thought of her. It says, he will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So right now, you're walking around with the Holy Spirit, and he's taking what Jesus is, and he's declaring it to you so that you'll declare it to the world. Now, I know that there's a disconnect that can happen, and that's normally around our human intellect. This 18 inches from here to here is the, the furthest journey that you're going to have to make in your, in your life. It's not going to Europe or going to Asia. It's getting this from your brain to your heart. And to actually understand that the Holy Spirit is in you to reveal Jesus to the world and you have to let him out. That's our call. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. A little while, a little while, and you will not see for me. And again, in a little while, you will see me because I go to the Father. So he, he says, in a, in a little bit, I'm going to disappear. But then in a little bit, I'm going to raise again. Thank goodness, right? We're here to celebrate the resurrection. He's not in the grave. He's not, he's not still hanging on the cross. He's here. He says, you will not see me, but in a little while, you'll see me again. The, the hope that that brought to them, I don't know if they really understood in that moment. 
But I think it's very interesting that Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to the world. Have you ever thought about it that way? Like the Holy Spirit was with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinity, before the foundation of the world. And then we know that Jesus is the Word and nothing was made that wasn't made by Him. And that the Spirit hovered over. We know that it was all there. But Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to the world because it's not just all men in Adam anymore. It's billions of people. And he introduces, he introduces the Holy Spirit and says, this is what he's going to do. He's going to be in you. He's going to declare to you who I am. He's going to reveal to you. He's even going to convict you of sin. See, in the Old Testament, human beings convicted of sin. I find it very interesting that Jesus had the Holy Spirit, right? We know that he was, had the Holy Spirit without measure. And every time that a demon would speak at him, he would rebuke it, right? He would just shut it down. When the demons would go and tell other people about him, he would stop them. Why? Because no man or demon can convict you, only the Holy Spirit. So he put a stop to it. He said, this isn't going to happen while I'm here. So what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to reveal to you Jesus. He's supposed to teach you what Jesus is doing and what he's saying and how he's working. And Jesus never did anything that the Father didn't do. So we're obviously getting the direct download from the Father as well. So we're getting all of it all in one. And he says, the one thing, and I believe this tremendously, that the one thing that the church has, has been the cog in the wheel here is that we've not allowed him to come out because we haven't understood where he's at. He says he will never speak of himself. The Holy Spirit will never speak of himself. He will always declare Jesus. He will always declare what Jesus is saying. Why? Because Jesus is the word. He's the word of God made flesh. The Holy Spirit is the power that takes the word to the world. Joel 2.28 says and it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions that thing inside of you that you haven't been able to shake for 50 years that thing in there that continues to come back up every time you sit before the lord that thing inside of you that vision that dream it's connected to the mission it's connected to the mission. And you know what? If you're not pursuing it, if you're not going after it with everything that you have, you're missing the mission. You're missing it. He says, I'm going to give you dreams and visions. He said, Joel says in that, in that moment, he says, the day will come when the Lord will pull out, pour out his spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. That means you've got some of it. Now, He says, in the last days. So we have the, the Old Testament revealing the Father. We have the New Testament revealing the Son. And then we have the last days, which is the power of the Holy Spirit upon the earth. We're in the last days. They started 2,000 years ago. When he exhaled his last breath, the Holy Spirit was released upon the planet. And we are living now in the last days. So the dreams and visions that you have in your heart are to be released into the world so that you can accomplish the mission that God has for you. And you, being a part of the body of God as a believer, your gift, your dream is essential to accomplishing the mission. It is. The Holy Spirit was unleashed in all of his force. Hebrews 8, 8 and 9 says this, because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with them and their fathers in the day when I took them out, of the hand, out by the hand and led them into the land of Egypt, because they did not continue with my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. So the first time Moses goes up to the mountain, he's in the cloud, he's at the summit, and God writes in the stone. And he carries those things down and he finds some crazy stuff going on. And he breaks the tablets. And then he goes back up to the mountain and God says, listen, now I'm not going to write it. You have to write it. Yeah. 
That's the covenant that God made. And in Hebrews 8, it says, that covenant is gone. I've got a new covenant that I'm sending you. If we, the, the thing that is so interesting is that in that old covenant, he said, if you keep these laws, I will bless you. If you keep the laws, I'll bless you. So what does that look like? Verse 10, they weren't faithful. It says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. We in the church are still trying to live by the old covenant. Have you ever felt shame when you didn't read your Bible? Have you ever felt shame when you did something, you sinned, you did something just crazy? Old covenant. Have you ever felt convicted by somebody who thinks that they just can control you and tell you what to do? Yeah, old covenant. The Holy Spirit came back into the human body to personally be your counselor. It says he will convict you of sin. Not someone else. You're not here to pass my litmus test. He's in you to pass his. He will advise you on what to do. So how do we accomplish the mission? We partner with the Holy Spirit so that he can advise us, he can guide us, he can convict us, he can move. You know, we don't need a priest anymore. We don't need to go to Moses or Aaron anymore. We don't need to go to them and confess our sins and do a bunch of sacrifices. No, we carry the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin. And when we confess our sins, he's faithful. He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're not bound by humans. We're one-on-one with him. So when you feel convicted by a human, just say, listen, I got this with my dad. I've got this all figured out with my dad. He says, I will write my laws. I will make, the law, my, make my laws on your heart and in your mind. I will be their God and they shall be my people. In the Old Covenant, the people, if you read through the Old Testament, they, it talks about how they were Moses' people. The people of Moses that, that God blessed and, and Moses was commanding them and leading them and doing the best that he could with what he had. But in the New Testament, we find that we are the Holy Spirits, not Moses, not a man. That means that when you fail, when you fall away from God, when you miss it, when you completely miss it, you don't have to go to tell anybody else to get forgiveness. You don't have to do that stuff anymore. God says, listen, come to me and I will Put your sins as far as east is from the west. I will take care of it. He says, I'll heal you. I'll save you. I'll forgive you. And that happens right in your living room this morning. All you have to do is accept it. Verse 11, none of them shall teach his neighbor, none his brother, saying, know the Lord, For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. So we're talking from our littlest kids to the greatest of them. When the Holy Spirit comes in you, he will convict you from the littlest to the greatest. When the Holy Spirit takes care of you from the little to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Everything that you work through with the Holy Spirit... You confess your sins. You believe that he transforms who you are. He remembers your sin no more. So we know in the Kingdom Clash series, we talked about there's always a counterfeit to the original that God has. The enemy always wants to counterfeit it. So what happens to you? You get into a position where you're doing what you believe is right, and and the enemy brings up a sin from 1959. And you stop what you're doing, and you say, I'm not worthy. What if somebody pulls that picture from 1959? What if somebody pulls that thing from 1984 or 2004? What if, what if somebody sees that thing that I did, and, and oh my gosh, they'll condemn me. I won't have, a, I won't have this stuff anymore. I won't, I won't be able to function anymore because there's so much guilt and pain from the past. You're not reading this verse. Because it says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. 
The next time the enemy wants to bring up your past sin, say, I ain't got time for that. I'm on mission. I don't have time for any of that nonsense. I'm on mission. Don't try to slow me down. You get in my way, we're going to run you over. I was watching a football game, just a side note. I was watching a football game, and there was a kicker that was 330 pounds, six foot four, a kicker. And he kicked the ball. He didn't run very far, but he kicked the ball, and he just sort of waited there. And the guy was returning the ball, and he made it all the way through the rest of the team. And when that kicker hit that kid, there was nothing left. He literally hit him so hard that the, the kicker fell to the ground and the guy's five yards away after he hit him because he hit him so hard. When the enemy gets in your way, lay a smacking on him. And in that, verse 13, and in that he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Don't get caught up in the religious activity of the old covenant. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. It's gone. Same with your sin. When the Spirit comes in the last day, Jesus says he will be in you. I'm going away. I'm coming back. Whenever I go away for the last time, I'm going to send you somebody and he will be in you. He will be in you. You don't need a brother to come to you and tell you that you're messing up. Holy Spirit will convict you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit lives within you, verse 11, for they shall know me from the least to the greatest. And how long will he remember your sin? No more. That means he forgives them, and it's no, he forgives you, and it ain't nobody's business. After that. Nobody's business. So let's get on mission. Let's move forward. Let's not let the lies of the enemy hold you back. I'm going to go fast through this section. How do we complete our mission? I find it very interesting that Jesus is our model. And in Jesus' life, we see that he did everything that the Father did, and he said everything the Father said, but how did he do it? With the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't believe me? Let's go explore. The Spirit prophesied of Jesus coming in the Old Testament. It says, the Spirit came upon the prophets, and they prophesied of the Savior to come. He was conceived in the womb by the Holy Spirit. Said so the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. Boom, number two. Number three, he was sealed at the baptism. What does it say? The Spirit came upon him. He was sealed at the baptism. What happened right after that? He, he was led. It says the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit will lead you into places that will help you grow so that you're able to attain the things that God has for you. He doesn't ever take you into a wilderness without a promised land. But he does lead you. Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can read most of the red letters in the New Testament and see the Holy Spirit was moving through him. Just think about it. The Holy Spirit, the one who hovered over the earth, the one who transformed everything that we are, that created all the stuff, that spoke the world into existence, the Holy Spirit that was a part of all that was contained in Jesus. No wonder this stuff just started flying out of him. Things just started happening. The crucifixion was in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he expired. It doesn't say that he died on the cross. It said he breathed his last breath, and that word means expired. That means that he breathed out what was in him. Just like he breathed into Adam, and Adam lost it, he breathed out what was in him to the world so that you would receive the Holy Spirit. He was resurrected by the Holy Spirit. His ascension was done by the Holy Spirit. And he said, I will send you the promise of the Holy Spirit. So every part of Jesus' life on the earth was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you think you can go change the city of Dover without the Holy Spirit? Not happening. You think you can change the world with religious behavior? Not happening. So what does the Holy Spirit do in you as a believer? He regenerates you. You are reborn. Just as Jesus was conceived in the Holy Spirit when you are born again, the Holy Spirit regenerates you and rebirths you. He lives in you. 1 Corinthians 
He seals you, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, through adoption. He adopts every believer. He is your adoption agency, 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 21. The Holy Spirit fills the believer, Acts 2, 4. Thank goodness. The Holy Spirit is the author of all Scripture. It says all Scripture is given. There you go, right through the Holy Spirit. He interprets Scripture. Have you ever read a Scripture, and then you go back, and then you go back, and then you go back, and you now have four pieces of truth? That's the Holy Spirit. He guides the believer. He anoints the believer. 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. God says the anointing is in you, and it doesn't leave you. So don't ride the roller coaster of anointing because it's not changing. He gives gifts, and you can walk in the gift, and then the next time you can't, you don't walk in the gift, and that's okay because it says it gives his gifts as he wills. But the anointing doesn't change. The only thing that stops the anointing in your life is you. And that's why in Ephesians it says we take off the old, we put on the new. How? By renewing our mind. He sanctifies the believer. 1 Peter 1.23, to set you apart for what you're called to do. He provides fruit in your life, and he empowers you. Now, this is where we're just going for it. You ready? So shout me down, because this is where we're going to get have fun. There are two experiences of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Two, not one, two experiences. The first one is receiving the Holy Spirit through your conversion process. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that whenever I was born again, the Holy Spirit came into me. Came in me. Every person who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior from their heart, not their mind, from their heart, and genuinely accepts the work of the Holy Spirit comes in them, the Holy Spirit comes in them and lives in them. That's the first experience of the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is when you say, Lord, I give you all that I am. I receive all that you are. I believe it in my heart. I'm not just thinking about it. I'm not just giving this mental assent. I'm actually going to believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, and this is going to change because now you're coming inside of me. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the next time you think about the whole dozen donuts, remember that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not yours. I struggle with that one. That's why I said it. I didn't pick on your vices. I just said my own. When that hot now light is on at Krispy Kreme, I'm not driving over uh, barricades to get it, like some people we know, but I, but I have done it. So every believer that believes on Jesus as Lord has the Holy Spirit. It's simple. That's the first one. We can agree on that, that when you receive the Lord and you are transformed, you have the Holy Spirit. So if you're a believer in the room and you've accepted the work of the Lord in your life, you have the Holy Spirit. So we are thankful for that, amen? We are so grateful that that happened. If you have not received the Lord, then today is the day to do that. We don't wait any longer because you've got a mission that you're called to do. And God's given you gifts and things in your life to help you get there. Jesus said, if you believe on the Son whom he sent, we will come, we will come and make abode in you. <laughs> celebrate that. Jesus also said to his disciples, I am with you, but I will be in you. Woo. That is so good. So good. However, this is where people start to separate. However, there is a second powerful experience in the Holy Spirit. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we have the reception of the Holy Spirit into us, 
at conversion. And then we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now the word, whenever it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the word is, is baptismo, to submerge, to soak, to be covered over, to not be able to function without. It also means to test for weakness. The Holy Spirit not only wants to come in you, he wants to soak you. He wants to soak you. He wants to just surround you. He wants to empower you. Now here's the difference. You can walk with the Spirit in you, but not walk in the power of the Spirit around you. There are many people walking the planet with the Spirit of God in them, but without the power to change the world because they're not soaked in the Holy Spirit. This is strong, but receive it. You can have the Holy Spirit, but He might not have you. You can have all of Him. You can have a measure of Him in you, but He may not have you. And if he doesn't have you, then you don't have the power to accomplish what he's saying. So, conversion, Holy Spirit, in me. Is it different than walking down in here and being surrounded by the Holy Spirit? Not the same deal. He can be in you and not have you. When you were born again, you drank of the Spirit. He filled you. Inside, He was abiding in you. When you jump into Him and all that He is, when you jump in and say, I'm all in, now He has you. Now he has you. Now I don't look down on people that don't understand the jumping in part. <laughs> there are many things that I don't understand. But I can tell you, once you experience it, you can't go back. Once you fly in a powered paraglider, you can't go back. Here's the thing, though. The Holy Spirit will never force himself on you. He won't force himself on you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. He will only surround you, envelop you, when you are open to seeing him and hearing him. Now, here's the problem. There are people in the world right now that are searching for something to fill them. So they're looking at witchcraft, they're looking at all the stuff. Pagans and Christians, they're looking for things to fill them. We look to the Lord to fill us. They look to the world to fill them. We're all looking to be filled. The problem is, is that a lot of people don't go to the Lord and don't find the Lord or refuse the Lord and the salvation transformation of their life because they understand that he's probably going to move some furniture. Yeah. He's going to move some things in your life to make you in order. When the Holy Spirit spoke over the void, what did he do? He brought order to chaos. When the Holy Spirit comes in you and you're born again, you're going to get some order. But that order will come because he's in you. That doesn't come from anything that you've done. Because you don't have the power to do it. Whatever you can endure, you will never change. If you can endure sickness this morning, you're not going to get healed. Let's just be honest. If you like the cough and you can endure it, it's going to be with you for a while. Whatever you tolerate, God will never move. Amen. So it's time 
that the church rises up to say we're done with this nonsense. We're not tolerating it anymore. We're going to legislate the kingdom of heaven on the earth and we're going to see those things move. You cannot change the world until you have a soaking experience. The power to change the world comes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did something very interesting in John 20, verse 22. When he rose from the dead, he did something very significant. He gathered his disciples. Let's just go there and read it. John 20, verses 21 and 22. Write that down. Read it. Get it in you. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. That's pretty cool. Father sent me, now I'm going to send you. And he said this, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So he's standing with his disciple. He said, The Father sent me, I'm sending you. You're going to need to experience this. And he breathed on them. And they were born again. They were born again in that moment when he breathed on them. The Spirit came in them. They were born again. Before Jesus died, the Holy Spirit was trapped in him. It said that he had the Spirit without measure. Reference on that. Hebrews 12.2. Sorry, no, not that one. Sorry. He had the Spirit without measure. That means that the Holy Spirit, I want you to go back and read the Gospels, read all of them, the 33 and a half years that Jesus was on the earth, and show me where the Holy Spirit did something. Only through Him. That means that all the Holy Spirit, everything that was ever created from this Holy Spirit, that all that power, all that stuff was contained in a man who lived in a geographic location for 33 and a half years, and all of the Holy Spirit was in him, without measure, all of it. So until Jesus died, the Holy Spirit couldn't be in you, because he had to release him. He had to let him out. So he breathed on them. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy he was set before him endured the cross. We talked about this last, well, maybe beginning of the year. The joy that was set before him, I have tremendous revelation today. It's not just that he saw us doing what we're supposed to do. He saw that the spirit that he was going to release at the cross was going to come in you. And now, greater works will you do than he did because it's not limited to a location in one man. It's in you. Do you realize right now billions of people around the world can lay hands on people and see them restored because of Jesus? It didn't happen before. It was him. Now, how can you harness this? How can you just bring this down to your life? The word says that he gives gifts. 1 Corinthians 12. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. One spirit different diversities there are differences of ministries but the same lord by the way i'll give you the references for this the the diversities of gifts is in first corinthians 12 the differing of ministry gifts is in ephesians 4 verse 6 and there were diversities of activities there's motivational gifts in romans 12 so go look all those up that's first corinthians 12 manifestation gifts ephesians 4 ministry gifts and uh motivational gifts are romans 12 the diversity of the activities, but the same God who works in all of them. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. These gifts that he's given to the church are for all of you to be uplifted, for the world to be changed. This is how he gets the power out of his people. He gives us gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to the other the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to the other faith through the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each one individually as he wills. As he wills, underline that. Just because you have a prophetic word doesn't mean you're a prophet. The baptism of the Holy Spirit 
is the revealing of Jesus in you on the earth today. It's just revealing who Jesus is on the earth today. The problem is, is that oftentimes we seek those gifts and we seek the signs and wonders, we seek the things of the manifestation gifts of God to give us energy to be able to go perform what we need to do. But if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have all the power. If you want to go hang around people that are doing miracles, great. But only hang around them if you're going to excite your own gift to go do them. If you go just hang around them because you want to see something or you come to this church because you want to see miracles and people healed, which is happening all the time, that's great. But if you come here, you better be coming to get filled to go out and do it on your own. Jesus said after he breathed on them, Go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for what? I already have the Holy Spirit in me. What am I waiting for? You're waiting for the baptism of power, it says. You're waiting for power to come upon you. He did not, they did not get born again when he breathed on them and then go right out and try to change the world. They waited. They waited for the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. They received, when he breathed on them, the person of the Holy Spirit. But they did not receive the revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit until they were in Jerusalem. Many people in this world have received the person of the Holy Spirit through transformation, receiving of the Lord. But they are not walking this earth with power because they've missed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus breathed on them, there is no record no record of any manifestations that happened. I have prayed with people, and they get born again, and they, they say to me, I don't know if anything happened. They do. There's people that say, I don't know if anything happened. Well, I can guarantee you that when he breathed on them, they had to exercise faith to receive what they were getting from Jesus. So sometimes you just have to exercise faith that even if there's no manifestation gift that comes, there's no crying, there's no, some people there is, but a lot of times there isn't. It doesn't mean that you don't have the spirit in you. If you believe in your heart, that's what you got. So when they were breathed upon, they received the person of the Holy Spirit. But then he said something that I think is very interesting. He said, go to Jerusalem. He said, don't go into ministry yet. It will eat you up and chew you out. Wait a little bit. Wait a little bit till you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wait till you have the power to change the world. Until then, just go wait a little bit. Don't go out there and do that. He says, wait until you have been endued with power from on high. And the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will be witnesses of me into all the parts of the world. This is where Jesus separates conversion from baptism. And we can lump it all together and miss it, but I'm just telling you, there is a difference. And once you've tasted, you can't go back. If you were born again, if you've been born again, then praise the Lord, you have the person of the Holy Spirit in you. If you've not taken the next step, today's your day. Today's your day to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. What are the gifts for in the church? They're not so that you're a pro you prophesy and people look at you and you can charge money for it and whatever. No. They're to reveal Christ to those who you're ministering to. My transformation started because I went to a business conference and the person on the platform read my mail. Did he do it because he wanted to acknowledge? No, he did it because the Lord said, do this. The Holy Spirit empowered him to give him the exact word that I needed in that moment. In 800 people, it was one person, and I was the person that received that. Why? Because he wanted to demonstrate Jesus is real. And once you experience that Jesus is real through one of the gifts of the Spirit, you can't go back. So why isn't the world being transformed by the church? either because we haven't experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with power or because we're not releasing the power to the world through the gifts that he's given us. You should be prophesying. You should be discerning spirits. 
You should be doing all of it. All those things. Go read all three of those scriptures. That's all for you to access through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? To reveal Jesus to that person that you're ministering to. That's what we're called to do. We have to desire the person and the power behind the gift, not the gift. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Jesus limited himself so that we could be unlimited. He tied himself up in a body so that we could be unlimited because it took a blood covenant to break what Adam had lost. And he brought back the kingdom of God. He brought back the Holy Spirit so that the governor of your life could direct you and guide you. And Jesus said, and I love this statement. I know the disciples didn't in the moment, but he said, it's better for you that I leave so that I could send a comforter. Most assuredly, I say to you, John 14, 12, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater than these he will do. That's not just magnitude. That is because he was trapped in a body in the Middle East. Now he's all over the world. Greater things. He's, he wants to use you this morning. He wants to not just have... He just doesn't want to just have the Holy Spirit in you. He wants you to walk around in power to the whole world. Make the nations your students. It doesn't happen by hanging out in your basement. He was saying, to accomplish the mission that I have for my ecclesia, to accomplish the mission to legislate my mind to the world, you're going to need this. So just hang on for a little bit. We at the summit are on mission to ensure that every man, woman, and child have repeated opportunities to hear, see, and experience the kingdom of God. I was in a meeting and we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's hard to explain this supernatural thing because it, it doesn't come from your mind. It comes from your spirit. And I was struggling with the pastor trying to give words to the person. I'm not saying that's wrong. I was just struggling with it. Because I believe that the gift of praying in tongues, the, the transformation that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues does not come because you've been coached to do it. It comes because there's something that you cannot express in the natural that has to come out in some way. And the Spirit partners with your spirit to release that into the world. So, how do we get that this morning? Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask the team to come back up. He wants to immerse you. He wants to surround you. And I'm going to ask for this moment that if you're in your house, wherever you are, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you the easiest way to find it. The scriptures say that he doesn't give bad gifts because you, even being evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. So number one, I just want you to ask for it. I want you to ask for it. I want you to say, Lord, I, I've heard Pastor Rob. I understand that there's two works of powerful things that the Holy Spirit does in my life. I have received the Lord. I know that he is in me. I am secure in that. I know that the Holy Spirit has taken up his abode in me. But there's more. And I understand there's more this morning. Maybe for the first time I understand there's more. And I want to experience it. I want you to give that to me. I want you to provide that to me. I want you to, to give me that gift. Give me that transformation. Give me that power that you promise in your word. But I'm going to tell you the easiest way to get it is not to come up front. And we can lay hands on you and, and I believe all that. And we can do it if that's what you want. We're open to that. But if you're at home this morning or you're here in this room and you've never experienced the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, if you've never been surrounded, whew, 
never been surrounded by the Holy Spirit, if you've never been so involved in him that you can't even tell where your body ends and his begins, then this morning I'm going to give you a, a piece of how to do this. I just ask you to begin to worship. I ask you to begin to worship for who he is for you. Now, some of you maybe look back on the years and say, I really don't see where God moved. Well, today's the day to, for him to reveal that to you and for you to tap into that and for you to praise like you've never praised before. And as you praise, I ask you just to open your mouth. I don't, I don't want you singing the words on the screen. I don't want you to think about all that. I want you just to say who he is to you. I want you to just express who he is to you. If you're in your living room right now and you're in your pajamas, this is the perfect time. You can shout above the sound of the TV. You can shout above the radio in the car. You can shout above it. Who is he to you? I want you to begin to worship him. And as you worship him, I hope that you run out of words. I hope that you run out of words of who he is to you. Because when you run out of words and you've asked for him to fill you, you'll begin to see a new dimension of his kingdom. Would you kill the lights, DJ, please? This morning as we worship to close this out, I want you to just worship him for who he is. If you've never met him, then say, Lord, today, right now, wherever I'm at, I receive all that you are. I want to receive everything that you are, and I want the Holy Spirit to reside in me. I want him to convict me of things that are wrong. I want him to move around my furniture. I want him to fix the broken pieces. I want to be delivered from the demonic presences that keep me up at night. I want all of that. I want all of you, and I want it right now, and I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you, have, you came to this world to restore what humanity had lost, and I want all of you now. I believe and I confess with my mouth. Now, if you just said that with me, if you just recited that with me, if you just believed that with me, you are now filled with the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He resides in you. Be ready because your furniture is about to get moved. But for those of you who have already done that this morning, let's, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to fuel this right now. You're going to actually move this auditorium. You're going to move the Spirit in the room. You're going to start praying. So go ahead and start doing it right now. As you do it, it's going to start to move the atmosphere. It's actually going into the homes of, of the people watching. I want you to start to say to him who he is to you. Is he your savior, your deliverer, your redeemer? Your father, loving father who you've never experienced on the earth, but you're receiving who he is to you. The hug and the time that you need it. Come on. the time to break down the walls, the walls of security that you've built up around your life. Begin to release it because out of your mouth will flow just the kingdom right now. Let's release it.
I truly believe that as you engage in this experiment, I didn't receive it the first time. I was I actually had somebody drive a long way to come and pray for me in my office. And I, I did the motions, but I didn't have a heart like what we're displaying right now. And then one day I was driving down a road and I got a phone call from a missionary from another country. told me that you've been asking the Lord told me that your mind is trying to figure this out I sense that you're driving in a car right now and I want you to pull over because you're about to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and when it flowed into the car I couldn't see anything thank goodness I listened and pulled over and the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon me and the only way that I'm here today, the only way that we're doing what we're doing in this ministry is because of that power and because of the power that he's put in you. So I just ask you right now, Father, today, those who have been worshiping, those who are saying who you are to them, Lord, I just pray that you would invade their space. I pray that you would dr just drop your powerful waterfall of your presence into their life. May they receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. May they experience your power. May the gifts of the Spirit be unlocked in their life. May they follow their dreams and accomplish the mission that you've told them to accomplish. For we worship you, the King of kings, Lord of lords. testimonies, not only on the videos, but we'll start receiving testimonies of people that have done this for the first time, or for those who have not walked in the power and they want it refilled this morning. There's two words. He loves you enough. Are you open to him? Father, today as we close this service, I thank you that you are moving in this house. I thank you that you're moving among the Summit family. No matter where they are today, all around the country, traveling different things, some are at home, some are feeling well. Lord, I ask that you would invade their space this morning, that your healing hand, that your, your protective uh, angels would go about them as they travel. Lord, that they would experience your presence in a new way, even right now. Healing is released. Transformation, deliverance. We give it all to you today, Lord. Have your way in your people. We ask for divine encounters throughout this week. We ask for significant transformation through these connections. And Lord, may the, the gifts of the Spirit flow in every single believer here today. Those watching, those listening, those here in this room. May the testimonies of transformation and power reveal Revelation 12:11 that the enemy is defeated and that through our testimony and the blood that you shed, we see transformation in our lives. Lord, we give you this week. Take us to places we've never been in you. Reveal yourself to us in new ways. In Jesus' name, we give this to you. Amen.
some of you are going to encounter people that have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit this week. And I'm not asking you to preach to them. I'm asking you to worship with them. I'm asking you to explain that there's a second way that we receive power. And I'm asking you to worship with them, get away with them, sit with them for a half hour and just worship the Lord. You don't even need to coach them. Just have them ask. And you will see transformation in their life. Lord, we give you this week, every piece of this week, we ask that you would move, that you would breathe. Lord, that you would just give us your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and release your gifts. In Jesus' name.